Welcome to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. All right. I love that growl. Yep. Deep. Waking up California. Come on, wake the bear. Hey, Ron Powers is is sporting the bear tonight. Yes. Look at that. Oh, yeah. That looks great. They're How do we get about, one of those? They're talking about my shirt. So, uh, you know, we have Wake the Bear Radio shirts, and uh, they are for sale online at our website, wakethebearradio.com. They are nice looking. Check them out. And I guarantee you they'll make you look 10 pounds lighter. It's, it's true because they're black. <laughs> they're black. Yeah. And black is... Is the color. Yeah. The Everybody forgiving loves. color. Let's yeah. right. cool. So, Anyway, speaking about waking up, we there's so many things been happening. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, Great you know, things. Yeah. Good, good stuff going on. There's a change. There's, there's a, a shift there's happening. There's a shift. There's a reversal. There's a there's there's good things coming. I, I think by November, we're going to see... It's going to be a whole new world by November. And... Uh, Oh, yeah. I, I just want to sing right now for some reason. <laughs> well, we need it. You know, we need a little hope. Uh, you know, last week we had mentioned um, Torben Sandergaard. He was he is yeah. a, a Danish, um, I guess I'd call him an evangelist. Evangelist uh, revivalist. People, yeah. yeah, Kickstarter. Exorcist. Exorcist, I mean, you yeah. name it. He does it all. all. Everything that's written in the book of Acts, he, he seems to be doing. And so uh, he got thrown into prison or jail. Um, because he was falsely accused of smuggling weapons, weapons from, Mexico. from Mexico. I mean, it's like, he, he doesn't have any time for that. He, well, he does have the sword of the spirit in his mouth. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And so he, you know, he, he shared, uh, you know, he wrote down and, and got it out there that, you know, his first, well, he spent the first 10 days in uh, solitude. Yeah. Um, you know, solitary was, confinement. Was, that was tough for him. And it was really tough. And he didn't have anything. And so he started to recite Bible verses to comfort himself and, you know, he knows Acts quite well, and he got to about chapter 10, but he was, you know, and then they gave him a Bible, and wow. he just, it just gave him so much comfort. Mm. He would just read it and wow. soak it in, he spent all his time, and then he gets released from solitary and goes into the main, you know, where everybody else is, and that first day was really rough for him, he said. Mm. He says, I was scared. He says, everybody's staring me down, and they're all big, and and then I, I kept on wanting to call my wife, and I'd go to the phone, and someone would step right in front of me. And then they were told, uh, this phone's for, you know, African Americans, and, and, and white uh, people. that phone over there is for the Hispanics. Uh, and so, sorry, buddy. And he's like, <laughs> oh, no white guy I'm a phone. white guy, you know, and he's not a big build anyway. And then, but the next day, it all changed. You know, he was in prayer, Lord, help me. I want to go back to solitary confinement is what he wanted to do. Um, and so they found that there's a pay phone. If you pay, you can use it anytime you want. So it's like, oh, okay. Oh so, you know, anyway, he got a lot of more message out because he got to talk to his wife and stuff like that. And I tell you, the Lord just has set him on fire for that prison. And yeah. there, was a, there was a person in there that has been in there longer than anybody else. It's just a jail. So he's been in there only for two years, but everybody respects him. And uh, Torben found a bunch of chess pieces, and he got a piece of paper, made a chess board, and was actually able to start playing chess. And he met his first person that way, and it, it was this guy. Oh my and goodness. so, um, yeah, and this guy became a Christian. He was leading Bible studies, but he just doesn't have much teaching. And so, Torben is spending the time discipling wow. him. They have Come a room on. full of 10 people being discipled every day, and he's just pouring his life into this guy. He calls him his Apollos. Mm. And, I mean, yeah, <laughs> casting out demons, people falling over on the ground, and all the other prisoners wow. just like, what's going on? You know, people were getting healed. I mean, yeah. he was just like, boom, set on fire. So, so uh, good. he feels like that's what his calling is for now, but he wants to get out ASAP. So yeah. uh, keep him in your prayers. He is uh, the person that started the last reformation, and we'll have a... Uh, He's got amazing videos, uh, The Last Reformation. I mean, Dot as com. far as a pure gospel, I have not heard one more pure than his. Yeah. It's just like the book of Acts. LastReformation.org so, anyway, or .com? Um, I think both. Yeah, um, last, yeah. The Last Reformation. So uh, anyway, that was kind of good news because it was so dark last week. And mm -hmm. then, boom, he's like excited. Uh, so it's like, good. this is where I'm supposed to be, you know. So wow. that was good, yeah. Wow. Well, we have a special uh, guest tonight. Her name is Susan Marshall, and we are going to be um, we're going to be going through the subject of ESG, which is ESG. a form of 
uh, credit rating. We'll talk about it. Susan and her husband are ranchers in Northern California. And prior to her retiring three years ago, Susan worked in the international finance industry. Her career began as an executive trainee for the president and CEO of B of A, Mm. Bank of America, investment management unit. And while she was there in a subsidiary um, uh, company, she was head of HR and chief administrative officer. Uh, B of A sold the investment unit to a London-based firm in 1994. And so she continued on uh, with with that um, company as CAO and then moved to the marketing department as vice president and consultant of relations director where investment education began. And she later joined the London-based major global investment house in 2000 on the marketing team as a senior vice president. Wow. So she has, she has all these things in that capacity. Um, she was actually in client relation director and was responsible for large clients, many of which included public funds. And so she's retired as a managing director of the firm. And tonight, Susan has come to help shed some light on the the term ESG and uh, what it means. It's been on media platforms quite a bit in the in the last few weeks. Yep. And she has been in the investment industry for many years. So she's followed the trail where ESG credit scoring emerged and understands some of the backroom uh, goals that it has. So mm. we're going to want to welcome Susan to Wake the Bear Radio. Welcome, Susan. Okay, Susan, you are live. Okay. All right. Thanks very much. Oh, absolutely. We uh, look forward to hearing what you have. You know, uh, we've heard a lot of things on the Internet. We've read things. uh, But to have somebody that's a little deeper or a lot deeper into that knowledge, uh, we welcome it. So, Yeah, we're, you know, we can't remember the letters ESG and what they mean. So we're glad that you're an expert and you're an insider on this. And so would you just educate us? What is ESG? Break down some of this. Okay. So ESG stands for Environment social, and corporate governance. And on the environment side, what they do is they target stocks that they uh, think will have a negative impact on how the world moves forward from an environmental perspective and those that won't. And so they set up uh, six investment principles. Um, Let me backtrack a little bit. So in 1992, 178 countries met in Rio, Brazil, for a United Nations uh, meeting, and they ratified a document called Agenda 21. Hmm. And that document is the blueprint for the 21st century. Now, it's been a little bit slow in getting implemented in the United States, uh, but it went immediately throughout Europe, and it was called Local 21. So in that, they have, um, it's about 350 pages long, the book, but they have uh, in the front of the chapters, you'll see things like um, changing consumption patterns. That's where the United Nations is trying to get everybody to stop eating meat. Mm. They have protecting human Uh-oh. health conditions. <laughs> Brandon's <laughs> in trouble. I'm a meat eater. I'm a, I'm, I'm a wake the bear meat eater. Okay, well, I'm a meatitarian and I grow meat. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You're a farmer up there. Yes. Uh, One of the interesting ones they have, it's called Promoting Sustainable Human Settlement Development. In rural America, we call that stack and pack housing. I have a friend who calls it human kennels. Oh. And that's their concept to get people out of rural America into the cities. And so that's why you see a lot of these cities building up and growing up and um, they have, uh, uh, it's called impact investing. Uh, the firm that I worked for never did that. We were strictly stocks and bonds uh, on a global basis. And so we didn't dive into a lot of those different types of investments. Wow. So once you understand that, then what they did is also in 1992 is they created the United Nations Environment Program. And then they had three financial initiatives. One is the principles for responsible investing, which is my background. The other one is the principles for responsible banking, which I really don't know a lot about. I haven't investigated it. And the third one is the principles for sustainable insurance. 
And interestingly, you see with all the fires going on in California, a lot of the ranchers are losing their insurance coverage. Mm -hmm. And so whether it comes out of this or not, I I don't know. I haven't looked at it, but it certainly would make sense to me. Mm. Wow. That, so this is a, a, a 1992, so this has been going on for a while, kind of in secret, kind of hidden um, from the public. It, it, now it seems like it's right out in the open in many ways. Yes, that's true. And so George H.W. Bush uh, signed us on to it. And then in 1993, when Bill Clinton became president, he created what was called the Council on Sustainability. And he had an advisor to his council, a gentleman named uh, Gary Lawrence, who has a very solid background in this type of area. But Gary uh, Lawrence believed that the American people would really push back on something that was came from the U.N. So what he said is we're going to call it comprehensive planning, smart growth, and sustainability. And so those are all common terms that everybody recognizes. And when you ask somebody, well, have you ever heard of Agenda 21, now nine times out of ten, they'll say no. Mm. They'll understand the other three. Well, the name even is a little deceptive. Who doesn't want comprehensive planning and responsible and uh, those kind of concepts? I mean, that, that, yeah. that language is, um, is not clear, and it does sound a little bit deceptive. They probably went to the yes, same person does. that came out with Planned Parenthood. <laughs> oh, that sounds so good. Uh, We're planning to be parents. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the interesting thing is what uh, Gary Lawrence, uh, we have a slide that where he's quoted as saying, in the case of the U.S., our local authorities are engaged in planning processes consistent with LA-21. That's local 21 throughout Europe. But there is little interest in using the LA-21 brand. So participating in U.N. planning process would very likely bring out many of the conspiracy fixated groups and individuals of our society, such as the NRA, citizen militias, and even some members of Congress. And so that segment who fear the one world government and a U.N. invasion of the United States would fight back. And yet, indeed, they would. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. They're like, "Oh, well, we gotta, we gotta hide this from the conspiracy groups and the conspiracy theorists be- because we're planning a conspiracy." <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And so, what I what I understand you saying is that the Europeans, their form of Agenda Twenty One was a local LA Twenty One in Europe. But um, the powers that be who wanted to forward this agenda in America knew they'd have to come up with a better brand or it wouldn't be sold very well. Is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And because I worked quite a bit of time in London, I was able to educate my colleagues. And, And so what did you do as a practice of educating your colleagues? I mean, you didn't well, hold a seminar, explain- right? No, no, no. I, I was over there quite often, and so I'd um, sit at different desks. Um, you know, we had equity guests, de- equity guests, the fixed income desks, the different departments. And so since I worked with each of those portfolio groups for the clients I covered, I would take turns sitting around with the different investment managers. And so we'd talk about these things, and uh, some of them would understand it, and um, some of them were hearing it for the first time, and then... And, uh, you know, in 2005, it actually became into fruition as ESG. Mm. And so what happened in 2005 is the then Secretary General Kofi Annan gathered a, a group of investment managers that he believed were the global leaders and brought them into uh, a meeting where they sat down and they created the, the whole strategy of how they were going to take this thing forward. And then they launched it in a on the, interestingly, the New York Stock Exchange in 2006. And so then people started getting into it. Now, there were more of the groups, more of the individuals were from Europe. But in California, you had CalPERS was a uh, beginning. And uh, a lot of the New York funds were a beginning. And we kind of think of those two states as the pillars of the country. What's CalPERS? California Public and Pension Employees Retirement System. Okay. Yeah, I think my wife's got that uh, with, as being a teacher, a public school teacher. So they started to invest oh, in no, this. She, she would be in the Stirs. teacher. She's a STIRS, right. But ah. STIRS is in it too. They didn't join it until 2008. 
Yeah, so there's a concern about um, that the investment of retirement funds. Now, um, mm. talk a little bit about how how we got to accept this and uh, how it actually got. I don't if, know if the word ratified uh, is right, but it, it sounds like it's a bit of a thought police action because of the ESG. It's environmental, but there's also a social aspect, isn't there? Um, yeah. So, uh, so that's an, a, an important piece uh, for the business social scoring and then the, the governance. Uh, I'm not quite sure I understand the governance portion. Okay, so social would be something that churches would have been a, a background in churches where they divested from what they called sin stocks. So that would be, you know, abortion, um, gambling, cigarettes, alcohol, things like that. Wow. So that was the social aspect. And then, um, in, and then governance, is, it's called corporate governance. And what they do is when they don't like the way a company is doing something, you know, they'll write a letter. So they do the governance toward that. But what you see going across the country is that the, the big pension funds who hold the majority of the stocks in those companies will pool their voting, their proxy voting, and then if they can get enough votes, they can force change. Mm, wow. So we have, yeah. we have these funds that are under a, basically a UN policy. I mean, we're not the UN, we are the United States of America. Um, and, but, but this policy seems to be impacting, um, local and statewide national, uh, retirement funds and, um, mutual funds, you know, these, these houses that are making the, the investments based on some things like renewable fuels, what companies are in there, are they doing deforestation or um, are they environmentally sound? But I know some of them too are, have to do with even if, are they doing the LGBTQ agenda? Uh, do they have working conditions that include child labor, slavery, and um, maybe it goes even so much, are they getting the vax? Or are they not getting the vax? Because the agenda is uh, very much a WEF uh, agenda and tied into the, the whole Davos group. Is that not right? Uh, yes, um, but uh, that would come in at later times. So the history just started out this way. Mm, okay. And, um, yeah, they do. They do. I mean, they add things. They meet on an annual basis. Uh, if you go on, I'll send a link. I'll send a white paper with uh, much of this information with links. Great. But you can go right on to the United Nations website. If you just put in UNPRI.org, you'll see they have uh, tabs for the various um, portions of their website. And so they have signatories. They require um, signatories if you want to be part of what they're doing. And so in the signatory side, the uh, asset owners, which would be the big funds, the investment managers and then service providers would be people like the consultants who help the funds pick the investment managers, things like that. If you're a UN signatory, then you're, you'll be listed on the UN's website. So you can see which one of your money managers are, or you can see which one of your pension funds are. Mm. And so then they also... We, yeah, that ahead. term just means that they sign on kind of... Uh, they're signing on the signatories or those are saying, we champion this agenda. Is that right? Yes, and, and we will implement it, basically. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I noticed yeah. Uh, what it said is that um, these signatories actually are required to report to the UN their investment portfolio at the first quarter of every year. Wow, that's that is yeah. divert. I mean, so it's not just an idea. They're actually, um, they're, there's some checking on the agenda. Are you following yeah, the rules? Yeah, initially that was voluntary, the reporting. But then it kind of crept in slowly, the mandatory parts of it. And so now um, they, they not only do the pension funds report their portfolios, but the investment managers report the portfolios that they manage uh, on, a, on a larger scale and then for each of these individuals. Yeah. Now we've done some shows um, like several weeks ago. We did the the um, 
16 years of destroying America. We've talked a little bit about uh, Agenda 21 and um, the, the 2030 uh, agenda. We've talked uh, a lot about some of the things that are going on around the WEF, IMF, and some of the things that we're very concerned about. Now, what we're talking about with ESG is banking. And I always thought banks were kind of boring. Uh, the power of money seems actually to have power with ideologies, though. Well, I, the banks, um, as a banking institution, wouldn't necessarily uh, implement ESG, except if you're talking about, um, uh, like, credit ratings. So credit ratings primarily were uh, were applied to fixed income portfolios because they would be the people that, in um, when, you, when my California state does a bond, it gets a credit rating, and um, the people who invest in that bond have to make sure that that entity is viable to pay back the liability. So there's uh, three major credit ratings, um, two in the U.S. and one in Europe, and uh, most of the European firms use Fitch. And then in the U.S. they have uh, Moody's and S&P 500, or S&P. Mm. And so um, the, the way you, I, I uh, can't say I have a total in-depth knowledge of, how one would rate an equity. That's a, a sheet that the investment firm, the investment manager, um, their analysts would meet with these companies and then they would uh, maybe fill out some kind of form or come together with uh, what, what they think is viable for that particular company and if they're going to be able to meet their goals of dividends or growth. Hmm. So a lot of this, obviously, you know, financial information, You, I mean, Kind of break it down for us. How is this planning to control America? Because it, it seems to me like I'm, I'm looking over um, the quote by John F. Kennedy in 1961, where he said that there's a you know as a global monolithic conspiracy, and he talks about using covert means by expanding its sphere of influence on infiltration instead of invasion, subversion instead of elections, intimidation instead of free choice, guerrillas by night instead of armies by day, and then he says. It is a system which has conscripted vast amounts of human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, and economic and political operations. So for me, I'm saying, okay, this seems this is the economic wing of this, you know, uh, these mm -hmm. elites that they have planned to control the entire world, this global system moving us to the New World Order, with Novos Oro Seclorum, which is on our our dollar. Uh, the people that have worked, you know, like the the H.W. Bush and the Bushes, and the, they've worked towards this goal secretly, and now they're at a place now where they're they're telling us at World Economic Forum and other places that they've pretty much got it all figured out. They have everybody on the hook. They 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 this is going forward whether we like it or not. So I guess the question I have for you is like, like how far along is this? What, you know, what needs to be done? How do we wake people up to what's going on? Well, basically through education. But like I said, they use a lot of buzzwords so they're not telling you the truth all the time. But okay. if you go back to the actual ESG, so if you, if uh, let's take fossil fuel, for instance, they're trying to divest in fossil fuel. They're paying no attention that, over 6,000 products are made with fossil fuels. Wow. Every piece of equipment in a hospital, every piece of plastic, any stretchy clothes you wear, makeup, lotions. Um, today I said to my in my post office, somebody needs to go tell AOC she can't wear that bright red lipstick anymore. It's made with fossil fuel. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's and a verse so, about putting uh, lipstick on. I'll stop it right there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's a huge list. I, I did I did send a list in, um, for, and uh, I think you guys are going to post it on your website. But yep. I mean, it goes down to fishing poles, calculators, telephones, um, ribbons, purses, raincoats, sneakers, iron-on patches, um, all polyester clothes, baby blankets, bibs, and medical, heart valve replacements, um, anesthetics, cortisone, antiseptics, eyeglasses, contacts. I mean, it's endless, this list. So they're going to monitor every person's consumption and give you a, a score, a social credit score, based on your consumption of fossil fuel products, correct? Sounds like it. 
Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're just going to puni- be punitive to you know the coal miners, uh, those those that that the the heartland workers of our nation, right. uh, the oil riggers, uh, the oil and gas industry people who who are keeping our nation uh, moving. Um, so I'm wondering if if they're just virtue um, posing, what's that that term? Virtual they're signaling. Signaling, and, and they really don't uh, yeah, have I, any intention of um, of their their products that they prefer to be withheld from them. Right, the r- rules for thee, but not for, for me. me. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because, you know, a lot We're of these around. seem to... To, to make some sense, right? I mean, hey, we got plastics in the ocean. Right, I mean, it's, sure. it's destroying, but it is a, it's a step of control. And, I mean, it's just like uh, Governor Newsom, right? He, oh, you know, I'm going to boycott Montana. Nothing can go there. Nothing that's supported by California State. And then he goes to vacation there, right. you know, and stuff like that. And so the, the same thing will happen, right? If you can't replicate something in plastic with an earthly, uh, you know, a natural thing, plastic being the best, the elites will use all the plastic and everybody else will be forbidden. They'll have to use the paper straws. Well, you know? the elites will eat all the beef and the, the common person will have how much beef they eat monitored. Yeah, yeah. That's how I see it. Is. They'll go to the, the laundry, the French laundry, while yeah. everybody else stays home. Yep. Uh, absolutely. And uh, it's interesting, the New Green Deal, it was actually written in the United Nations in 2009. I have a copy of it. Wow. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Could we I, I get could a copy of that? Absolutely. I will forward that to you. Yeah, I'll put a link on that. So AOC didn't come up with anything, right? She just kind of uh, regurgitated the same stuff and got credit for it. Well, she does what her handlers tell her to do. Yeah. That's because she's an actor. She actually tried out for the part. Yeah. Yeah, I did see that. It's interesting. It's interesting. Um, Have you ever heard of Justice Democrats? No. No. Okay, so they are a group of non-U.S. citizens, um, a, a gentleman from the Young Turks and oh, yeah. people from outside the country put all that together, and they're the ones that did that casting call. And if you go on their website, you can actually see the people that they're putting forward. And any time you see um, a Democrat candidate who's running their campaign fund through a, a, a site called Act Blue. Yep. That's the Justice Democrats. They decide who gets the money, right. not the campaign. And, and they're non-U.S. citizens. Is that what you said? Yeah. We oh. actually have the film of her getting interviewed, a friend of mine. I have a friend who's an expert in Agenda 21, and she's uh, she's got quite a bit of this information. Oh, my gosh. I need to see that film because I, I, I did see a video um, that was produced that talked about how they had actually put out a casting call for that position. They knew that the person that was an incumbent, they weren't going to be able to come back. And they just, they were looking for a Hispanic female to fill that Mm -hmm. role. And she basically fit the part and they put her in and then they're just handling her. Um, Even today is an example of that. She was arrested with a couple Mm -hmm. other people of the squad and they pretend arrested her and she put her hands behind her back like she was had in handcuffs and then walked along and all of a sudden pulled one out and stuck it above her head like, but, you know, giving the black, you know, power movement and forgot that she was supposed to be pretending like she was handcuffed. Oh, my goodness. She's an actress. <laughs> actress yeah. Yes, the posing, the virtue signaling continues. Wow. Now, um, we know there's a there's a an investment firm called BlackRock oh, that yeah. handles uh, the majority of American companies, and it is run by Larry Fink. Now, what is should we be concerned uh, with BlackRock because he might be um, divesting some of the very funds that we've invested in? Yeah, so uh, it, he's actually um, he's an institutional investment firm, and his firm was founded. I can't remember. It was founded quite a while ago with seven partners. And I read recently they just topped the $10 trillion mark for assets under management. And so what? So all of the people that use BlackRock in their portfolio, so CalPERS, uh, California Public Employees, for instance, they're not going to have just like BlackRock as their investment manager. They might have 30 to 40 investment managers who do different types of investing. So you've got global equities, U.S. equities, uh, value equities, um, growth equities, uh, fixed income. And so they'll hire managers who have expertise in these individual areas, and then they'll monitor them separately and see how they fit the whole portfolio. 
So BlackRock is one of uh, California Public Employees' largest investor. And um, I was able to find a paper in my box of stuff here. In uh, his annual letter to corporations in 2018, what he said was, Unnerved by fundamental economic changes and the failure of government to provide lasting solutions, society is increasingly looking to companies, both public and private, to address pressing social and economic issues. So they're not elected officials. This is not their job. So then he went on to, oh, here's where it fits in for you. He went on to explain that those issues include protecting the environment, gender, racial equality, and retirement, otherwise known as ESG investing. Wow. Now, uh, he's on the board of a World Economic Forum, isn't he? He might have a little bit of conflict of interest there. Sounds like yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not, I don't. I do not know if he's on he the is. World he Economic is, Forum. He is okay. on the board. He's in the one of the young leaders. What does they call that? The young, the young, the the leaders that they bring oh, in. The people that, yeah, they. It was. Um, when did they do that? They, the global uh, leaders of tomorrow the, that they're grooming this yes, next generation. Yes. They have um, that they they bring out to Davos and WEF. I mean, that's who Trudeau was. He was yeah. groomed. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Markel was was Mar- groomed. Um, uh, French, the French president, Mar- um. Marcon, uh, Marcon. Yeah, Marcon. Yeah, Marcon. If, if you look at the list, um, I think I sent it to Chris earlier. If you look at the list, they've got somebody from almost every single country. Well, they said that. I mean, Klaus yeah. Schwab said we have penetrated the the cabinets of all of the governments of all the world to get them to do what we want them to do. Yes, and it's not just governments; it's media, it's entertainment. Yep. Um, yep. Leonardo DiCaprio's one of one of theirs. Yep. I believe Bono was there. Why doesn't he have a first name? Bono was Matthew one of, Stevens. Oh, okay. Just so you know. Oh, good. Um, So it's every mountain of culture. So you've got business, government, media, and you've got uh, art and education. That's right. So let me break this down real quick. From, From what I'm hearing from you, Susan, if you wanted to control the masses of people... Um, you have BlackRock and, and Vanguard, and these people have pulled the common person's money to where they have big pools of money. And then they decide what they want to support by this agenda. But in doing that, they're saying, I want this company to be successful, so we will invest into that company. And I don't want, like, Smith & Wesson or, or whatever, yeah, you yeah. know, the organic so-and-so <laughs> granola people. Yeah, gun, you know, And they producers. won't invest in that. Right. And so they're kind of controlling what um, companies are successful, and if they fall into their agenda, they become successful by the very means of their investment. Is right. that makes, Does that sound like what they're doing? Um, yes, because uh, the pension funds who hire these managers who have signed on to ESG investment principles are doing so because they, those people have signed on. So a lot of the big pension funds will, will um, already have that in place in their own investment policy statement. And then they'll go out and look for managers that fit into that category. Now, interestingly, uh, the clients that I worked with on the coast were uh, much more liberal but in the Midwest states, they all banned it. In fact, I think there's like 16 states that have banned Agenda 21 in any shape or form. Praise God. And yeah. Inter- yeah, Texas, they had the best, um, they had one of the best uh, write-ups in their, there was SB 445 that passed it in uh, 2014. But they said any organization accredited by the United, United Nations um, and any, uh, let's see, any, and then any of their subdivisions within the state of Texas may not enter into an agreement or contract with, accept money from, or grant money or other financial aid to a non-governmental or intergovernmental organization accredited by the United Nations to implement a policy that originated in the Agenda 21 plan. Wow, they actually name it. They actually name it. Yeah, it, it was because I remember what they called me up one time and asked me if I would come in and educate their board. Wow. And I said, well, I don't really have to because you're not allowed to do it. I mean, I'm happy. <laughs> right. So that, so that is the S- SB, Senate Bill 445 in Texas. Uh-huh. 
Okay. Yeah, in 2014. I, I have a link to it. I can... Yeah. Well, the, the reasons that the states are standing up against it, because they, um, the, the World Economic Forum has actually rated states with their own ESG um, numbers. And so, uh, for example, West Virginia, because they're coal miners and their primary uh, industry is coal, they have a very low ESG from the environmental score. Um, so, so they're the states are they're going. Wait a minute, this who are you guys and why are you rating this? I, I love that they're standing up uh, at the state level because that's that's where we need to push back. It's probably because they have a lot of black robe regiment preachers in Virginia. Uh, maybe so, West Virginia. <laughs> yes, yes. So yeah, they, there's there's a lot going into that direction, and I I know um, Chris and I have talked about Senator Cotton and the things that he's doing, but. Two things I want to tie it back to the money. Okay. And so this this happened at the World Economic Forum. Um, two videos that we Debbie was able to capture and share with me are one is uh, from uh, uh, a woman who was there as the reporter was talking to Ockham Steiner, who was the head of the United Nations Economic Program, and he talks for I think almost six minutes. But if you start paying attention at three minutes. And then at four minutes, he ties it directly to the institutional investors. He says the entire movement seems to hang on what happens in Paris in 2015. Wow. If they cannot get the institutional investors behind them, they will fail. Hmm. So if they can't get the money, they're going to fail. Then there's another uh, video uh, by Chris McNett, who is the vice president of ESG at State Street Global Advisors. And he's in talking about... Um, an, ESG at what a big forum, and that's about a 12-minute video, but at 9 minutes and 12 seconds, he specifically says that institutional investors are the X factor in sustainability. Why do they hold the key? The answer, quite simply, is, and then he holds his hand up to his mouth and whispers, they have the money. Hmm. So... Okay, so you, this is key. I, I want to get the links for both of those videos, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'll okay. put them on our show notes. It's definitely Follow the Money, the World Economic Forum um, with Akum Steiner. Uh, I want to put that out there. I want to play it, but I also okay. want to play. So one of the things that I've, that's been a big deal to me is uh, Ma Matthew Matt from Remnant TV put together a whole thing about why they want to cancel Trump because he's not a globalist. He's at, And these guys are all globalists. And oh, yeah. he, he went in and, and the three speeches, the seminal speeches, I would say, was his inaugural address where he had, basically says these jokers behind you have been sucking you dry for years in Washington making enriching themselves while you fought your children fought their wars and today it stops and then he goes to the United Nations and he says these perennial prophets of doom with their climate agenda needs to st I don't believe in these things we don't this is the, to try to control everybody which is basically what ESG is and then he goes mm -hmm. um his, he goes to the United Nations, talks how great our constitution is. We're the only country that still operates in its original constitution. France has changed theirs 11 times, instituted new, new constitutions. And he basically says, listen, we want you to love your country as much as we love our country. It's not the, the future does not belong to the globalists. It belongs to the nationalists of every country who have unique backgrounds and heritage to contribute to the world, but not to be controlled by this agenda. So anyway, we have a video audio clip. I want to play that. Can we play that, Mr. I'm Producer? Stop and you know exactly where I'm going. And they made a mistake. They tried to get Trump on their side. So they invited Donald Trump to Davos, I think a couple of times. But in January, when Donald Trump, I think, really began to see the beast that he was up against, he went to Davos. Yeah, to the World Economic Forum, and he stuck a mega finger in their eye. We're committed to conserving the majesty of God's creation and the natural beauty of our world. But to embrace the possibilities of tomorrow, we must reject the perennial prophets of doom and their predictions of the apocalypse. These alarmists always demand the same thing, absolute power to dominate, transform, and control every aspect of our lives. We will never let radical socialists destroy our economy, wreck our country. Two days after Donald Trump gave that speech, the 89-year-old leftist weirdo billionaire George Soros made an emergency intervention where, at Davos, once again, warning that the U.S. 2020 election will determine the, quote, fate of the whole world.
Now, in the context of DOP... Yeah, so they've been... I mean, this is, this is the part that sticks out to me, is that they had to steal the election because they had to stop Donald Trump's nationalistic agenda, and, and he was just going around poking them in the eye, you know, with his MAGA fingers, mm -hmm. which said... And the, this financial plan is... So basically what we're talking about with ESG is this is a a social credit system for businesses that everybody has to sign on, which will lead to a social credit system for individuals. Yeah, it's like what they're yeah. doing in China right now, but, right? right? I mean, China is, is kind of what we're seeing for the future would look like. I mean, they got all the cameras. Yeah, beta tests. <clears throat> yeah, you're given like a thousand points to yeah. start, and then if you do something wrong, uh, miss a bill or you jaywalk or whatever, you lose points. And you get to a certain level and you can't get a loan. You can't, you know, you can't do things that you would normally be able to do. And then if you do good things, walks on, you know, old person over the, across the street or something, you get points. You know, they, they track you so well. Uh, I saw a special on that where they had a lady and her job was just to go in her community and find out what everybody's doing. Yeah, just, she had 3,000 people. She was in charge of yeah. monitoring. This is Big Brother and this is what they want to bring to America. Yeah. Oh, well, they kind of have. Like, people who are supposed to tell you if you're running your fireplace and you're not supposed to, you know, that sort of thing, or people to rat That's on right. Your weed yeah. eater is creating a carbon <laughs> yeah. footprint that is too big, so you can't have any, any power tools. Yeah, get rid of all your power yeah. tools, and, you, scissors. and you, everybody has to, uh, what do you do, <laughs> take your food and put it in a consumption uh, thing? Oh. Compactor. Com yeah. yeah or compactor. It's basically, yeah. basically, the whole goal is to, is to control Every aspect of our lives. This is the men, men and women. Listen to this. This is the beast system that is talked about mm -hmm. in the Book of Revelation, where you will not be able to buy or sell Revelation 13 unless you take this mark, and you they, they can control you with. They're going to control businesses first, and this is exactly what the plan with Hitler was doing. This that's what totalitarians do. Whether it's fascists, whether it's socialists, totalitarians. Those guys are cousins fascists and socialists, is to control every aspect of human life. And it's ultimately the same forces behind Stalin and Hitler that are currently working today to set up this system to control you, like to control the whole world's population. I actually found a paper today that outlines that whole system in Nazi Germany. I'll send it to you. Oh, gosh, yeah, I want to read that. I'll, I'll erase all my pencil marks. <laughs> my wife and daughter and I are all uh, World War Three buffs, and she's actually right now meeting a family member that she didn't know she are had. Are you sure it. that's not World War Two? Yeah, well, World, I, mean, I meant World War Two, but it's it actually World War Two plus three. We're actually in it, World yeah. War Three. It is an information yeah. war. Well, one of the ESG um, things that... Uh, that I saw on Twitter was Elon Elon Musk weighed in on oh, yeah. ESG, and he had something to say. I think he used the word scam. So he was very strong about how he felt about the whole, this whole credit system is a, a scam. And then um, Senator Tom Cotton, who is supporting the, the gas and oil industry in Texas, he called it a Ponzi scheme. And I know, didn't you just send off a little letter to uh, Senator Cotton? Yeah, I did. I wrote to him today telling him I have a lot of the original books in the last 20 years. If he wants them, I'm happy to give them. Wow. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, the other thing is um, when President Trump took us out of the Paris Agreement. The Paris Climate Accords? Yep. Yes. So the House tried to pass H.R. 9, which would put it in, but it didn't pass the Senate. So there's another group in the United States called Ceres. C-E-R-E-S dot org. And they function as kind of a, a, a longer arm of the U.N. because they do a lot of things in collaboration. But they're headquartered in the United States. And what they did is they created a uh, whole group of people called We Are Still In. And they had over a 1,000 people who took everything from the Paris Accord and in their own companies have been pushing it from the bottom up. Wow. So they're just yeah. subverting the will of the people, the will of the uh, the president that we voted for. I mean, just more of this, uh, no, yeah. we're going to get mm -hmm. our agenda done, and we'll, we'll steal an election. We'll, we'll do whatever we have to do to get our agenda forward. You know yeah, what? There is good news, though. There is good news. Oh, there There's is hope. There's a lot of Always doom is. and gloom, but... Um, I don't know if we'll take callers or not. We, I guess we can. We got, to, we got eight, eight minutes left eight if minutes, anybody wants to call in. I want to just say a couple things real quick. Um, first of all, 
this is a government uh, this, this is there multiple types of governing boards like pl a plutocracy is a government where the wealthy and the wealthy class controls and that's actually what this is talking about it's taking the hands out of the people the common people and putting the power into the hands of the richest and the wealthiest and, and making it an autocracy and an oligarchy so basically government by the few a tyrannical government by the few and in and a lot of it what's behind this is a technocracy so people who actually will will, will give into the social credit system and the tra monitoring and tracking this is why noah harari talks about 2020 will be the time it will be known that COVID-19 was the time when we all agreed to be 100% surveilled under the skin. So all you people out there are like, oh, that's a, that's a conspiracy theory. World Economic Forum, Nora Harari, says that we, this will be marked as the day when, when everybody agreed to be surveilled under their skin. And I know that sounds crazy sci-fi, but that's, that's what they're talking about. That's what they just talked about in Davos in this last year. And that's Noah Harari. He's like the prophet of their prophet, the, the, this gay uh, um, Jewish man who they've ele elevated. So these are the things that are coming. Now, this is the key here, folks. And I want to just say something really powerful here. The Bible says that we are, do not, we're not warring against flesh and blood. We live in this world, but we don't wage war as fl with flesh and blood. We, the weapons we are fighting with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds and to demolish every argument and every pretension and every plan that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. Christ is the true liberator. He liberates us from our sin and death. He liberates us from, from tyranny and destruction to oppose tyranny in the government is to oppose Satan. So, and to, to be for freedom and liberty is to be, follow Christ. It's for, Christ, for freedom's sake that Christ set us free, the Bible says. And so we need to be ready to punish every act of disobedience, the Bible says, and, to, and, and once, the, once our obedience is complete. So the concept here is that prayer, some people say, oh, you know, thoughts and prayers don't do anything. Yes, they do. The, the Satan does not want us praying against this global conspiracy. He doesn't want us praying against it. There is, there are wit there's a reason that the witches put hexes on Donald Trump. Because the mm -hmm. forces of darkness and the satanic cults, they want to bring in the new world order. That's why they want to use the pharmacaea. That's why the, the symbol for medicine is on the belly of Baphomet, the, 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 the goat god. It's also, the symbol for medicine is on his belly. And they are utilizing pharmacaea to deceive all the nations of the world to get them to give in to this global agreement to be surveilled under your skin, to, be, to take the mark, to be, did you get the vax, did you not get the vax? And the, so this is how it's all play, being played out for the mark of the beast. Now, granted, I don't know if this particular COVID-19 is the mark of the beast because I think you actually have to know you're actually giving yourself over to Lucifer, but it is a test drive yep. for to the end times of the beast system that's coming and I, we as a people we as christians can stop it we actually can agree with god and slow it down and resist it and we are required to we're required to be salt and light in the earth we're required to resist evil when we see it and we're required to quit being cowards and speak out against this garbage that's right and this is the thing satan is a deceiver we may not be close to the end but Satan may be setting it up to make us think we're close to the end so that we'll just give in because we're close to the end. He de He'll make it that close to the end. He'll make it yeah. close to the end by, by getting us to... Get in your bunker <laughs> to and run for us. the hills. That's yep. not the mandate that we have. You know, in, oh. Our no. job is to resist him, and our job is to resist this global system and to speak out against it. And where are the men and women who, who had the courage to fight World War II? Where are the men and women who are saying, I, I will stop this. I will. And so it comes with declaration. We just, we declare, we will, this will fail. And we say, and by the name and the power of Jesus Christ, this conspiracy, this global order will fail. And I believe if we, more people stand up, the, the Netherlands, the, the, the farmers in the Netherlands and the people fighting for water and the people and just every day, if we get into political action, we'll beat this. We will win. And we'll hold back the darkness for a period of time. That yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting yeah. you were talking earlier, uh, Brandon, about the, uh, the mark of the beast and stuff, what it, it may or may not be. You know, it's interesting where it just says it also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, 
free and slave to receive a mark on their hands or their foreheads. There's Old Testament uh, references to God's mark on you, and it wasn't a physical mark. So, but it could it could possibly represent your forehead, your mind, your thoughts, your allegiances, and your hands, your actions. And so people can take and, and this mark, you know, six six six. That's a number of a man, and it's like man's setup, man's global world setup. You know, like the Tower of Babel, right? And right. so and. It, at the very least, we should be questioning, should we have our allegiance, our foreheads stamped with that that agenda or our hands, our actions? And so um, whether it's, you know, an injection of something under your hand or whatever, it is at least a mind and an action. And that's what we need to do. We need to stand up against those things. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump right in there. Did you have something you want to say, Susan? I'm... Um, well, I wanted to say just uh, quickly on Tom Cotton taking on this on, and I'm very happy that he is. Yeah. But I, I went back and I made sure that since I left the industry, they had not changed the definition of a fiduciary duty, and they have it. It is the legal responsibility to act solely in the best interest of another party. Hmm. They're not acting in our best interest, and they're not, you know, it's not their job to use our money for their agenda. So we need to sue the heck out of BlackRock. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think uh, uh, Tom Cotton's actually talking criminal charges. It's a it's a crime. Yeah, he uh, said he said lawyer was... up on on the news uh, yeah. the other night yeah, <laughs> to Larry Fink. And and Vanguard, how about Vanguard needs to be sued because they're doing the same thing. And what was the other organization? There's three of them. State oh, Street, okay. yeah, there are, yeah. There are so many of them. There are so many are out there that are doing it. Yeah, no, I'm in, I'm in institutional money managers because they want to be in the in crowd. CalPERS actually came out with a, 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 a paper not too long ago, a couple of years ago, that says managers who ignore ESG will lose. Mm. So it won't help if I, because uh, I'm a CalPERS and a CalSTRS, if I, mm -hmm. I write to uh, CalPERS and say, hey, I don't want you supporting this. That's my money well, in there, too. The way to get involved is to organize groups that go to these meetings. You each have three minutes. So if you have like a 20-minute statement, you can each take turns reading three minutes of it. And you can start to show them that, you know, we're not interested in this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Well, we, you've very okay. much outlined our, our battle here. Um, thank you so much, Susan. Um, I, I think of, I, I put this quote down, the price that good men pay for indifference to public affairs is to be ruled by evil men. That's by Plato. Yeah. Plato says that. And then I think of also, like, me as a pastor and others that I know, we don't really want to fight this battle, but it's come to us. And I think of, like, uh, Frodo and Gandalf when Frodo says, I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had ever happened. And Gandalf says, and so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to do is decide what we will do with the time that is given to us. And so I'm um, pretty powerful from J.R. Tolkien. But we, we've got to fight. We've got to stand up against it. We've got to speak out. And, and you have done that. Mm -hmm. And we just pre appreciate you, Susan, for standing up. Yeah, I, I would really stress you get out the petroleum products in our daily lives so people can see how they all be impacted. You can't even play football. Wow. Football all right. Yes. Well, thank you, Susan. <laughs> God bless you. Thank Susan Marshall. And we'll have you on again. And uh, come back and talk to us again. Yes. Get okay. involved. Bye. Everybody, get Bye. involved. Yeah. <laughs> Good night now. Good night, everybody. Okay. Bye. This has been Wake the Bear Radio on KSCO, 1080 on your AM dial. Oh.